How's everybody? Doing all right? You guys ready? I'm ready. You guys awake? I'm awake. All right, I'm going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to begin, okay? Yeah, dear God, I just thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity, Lord, to just preach your word. I pray, Lord, for just boldness, God, just boldness for even myself to preach, God, with uh, an authority, Lord, that comes only from you, not man. And I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, I pray, God, that you speak through me and not myself. And in Jesus' name, pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, all right, we're going to go straight into it. The word is from Philippians 3, verse 12 through 21. We are in a cafe, but we are also going to hear the word. So get ready. Okay? I will read it for us. This is the Apostle Paul. Okay? So, verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then verse 17. Join me or join with others in following my examples, brothers. And take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. So, some of you guys might be wondering, what, are we, what, are, what is he going to uh, preach about? Well, I'm going to talk about gains. Yes. Yes. What does that mean? What does that mean? Gains. There we go. Come on. Who wants to get stronger? Who wants to grow? Anybody? Who do- okay, better question. Who doesn't want to grow? No one's hand should go up, right? There we go. Well, there, we have to start somewhere. We have to start somewhere to grow. We have to start somewhere... To, and I'm not just talking about physically, guys. I'm talking about spiritually. So I want you to make the connection between the two. I'm actually going to talk a lot about the physical growth and how that responds and, and correlates to spiritual growth. But either way, you have to start in your mindset. Everyone say mindset and attitude. Okay? How important is mindset? Well, think about it this way. Nothing on earth can stop the man with the right attitude. And nothing on earth can help the man with the wrong attitude. You could be a billionaire. You could have whatever you want. You could have the resources, but if the wrong attitude, it's not going to get you anywhere. You could be poor and start with nothing, but with the right mental attitude, you could get anywhere, right? Your attitude determines your altitude, determines how high you go, how fast you go, where you go, okay? And I don't want you guys to think it's just positive thinking. The key to changing your mindset is not about positive thinking or just oosah and just think good things and hold mantras in your head. It's actually about changing or changing your mindset isn't about making things up. It's about seeing what's already there. There's a paradigm shift right there. It's not about just making things up in your head. It's about realizing what's already there. In 2 Kings 6, verse 16 through 17, I'll share it with you real quick. King Aram is at war with Israel. And he's trying to hunt down this prophet named Elijah. Okay? And uh, essentially this king, he wants to kill him. Okay? And he sends a huge, strong force. It literally says strong force. And I wonder not in our lives, is there ever a strong force attacking you? Is there anything surrounding you? But guess what he does? Elijah's servant wakes up one morning, and he looks outside his door, and he sees a strong army around the entire city. Okay? And he says, oh, my Lord. Everyone say, oh, my Lord. What shall we do? For us, often, we just stop at, oh, my Lord, or oh, my God, and just stop there. At least the servant went on and said, what shall we do? 
A lot of times we see our struggles, oh my God, and that's it. Drop the mic. Yeah. And we just walk off. But we have to ask, what shall we do? Everyone say, what shall we do? At least he asked the question, right? He was afraid. But then what the prophet said was very, very unique, very different. He didn't pray as you would think. He said, don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, oh Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. And when the Lord opened, opened the servant's eyes, he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. And those hills, I want you guys to know, they weren't in the city. They were surrounding the city. So Elijah was surrounded by the strong force, and the strong forces were surrounded by the chariots of fire. If you guys think about it that way, whatever problems are attacking you, it really isn't that big. They're surrounded. You're actually in the safest spot possible. He didn't pray for his problems to go away, but for him to see what's already there. And for us, we need to see those struggles. We need to see those things and actually see what's already there in our hands and the things that we can already do in our control. Now, now that we have our mindset, at least attuned to what we need to uh, set, we have a foundation set, right? Okay. I'm all about practical steps. I started engineering in school. I need a one, two, three-step program. I, I can't do all faith. <laughs> Go. I mean, I love that. That's awesome, guys. That's great. You need that. But then also, how do I apply that faith? How do I apply these things to my life, you know? Well, I'm going to give you some practical steps. Everyone, I hope you guys are writing some notes. A lot of notes. Seven pages. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So I got to go quack. Uh, quick. Quack. <laughs> Step one. Train. Ooh. Train. Socrates said this. No man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. But here, we're not talking about the physical strength, are we? We're talking about the spiritual strength. So instead of Socrates, how about you guys write down Joe Pang? <laughs> All right? No man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of spiritual training. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of which his spirit is capable. Amen. Come on. Now, where do we start? You know, we got to start somewhere with this strength. You know, I, 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 love, I love the concepts, but if I don't know how to get there... It doesn't really help me. I had a professor in college who always told us the far-off concepts of what his class will do for us, but never taught us the concepts of how to get there. All he told us was he wrote the book every single day that we used, and it, it, it drove me insane. Okay? I'm not going to do that to you guys. First step, learn. Everyone say learn. All right, guys. I want you to be interactive. Talk to me. Dialogue. You know, I can't really see you, but that's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make eye contact, right? Learn. Jesus learned. And he lifted. You guys think this is a heresy, right? Okay. Luke 2. Everyone, Luke 2. Let's go to the Bible real quick. Luke 2, verse 45 and 52. All right. And I don't think we have any parents in the house. But if you do, fear not for what happened to Jesus. Uh, might happen to your kids, but I'll explain. Luke 2, okay? Jesus, I'll give you a backstory. You don't have to read the whole thing. Jesus was 12 years old in Jerusalem, and his parents left him by accident. It says in the Bible they thought he was with them. When they found out on their way back, they were in Jerusalem, right? After three days, they couldn't find him. Three days. I don't know about you, but in America, I think you'd go to jail for that. I feel like, I feel like you'd go to jail for almost anything. But, you know, this, this would be one of them, right? So after three days... Verse 46, 
After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Yes, Jesus asked questions. It's okay for you to ask questions, just not right now. Okay? Verse 52. Stay with me. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Okay? I love this verse. I want to sit here for a little bit. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Okay? So wisdom, what is that? I mean, we kind of know, right? Quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. But why use the word stature? Stature actually means, I looked it up, it means reputation and acclaim, right? Why not use Jesus grew in wisdom and reputation? And that makes sense because he grew in favor with God and men. But I look closely at this word stature, and it doesn't mean just stature and reputation and acclaim alone. It means tallness, size, and build. Tallness, size, and build. And it wouldn't say that it's a holistic word. It, it gives a whole meaning. Hey, he has great stature. So it's not just like the personality and character, but it's also the build, his appearance. And Jesus, I don't know if you guys knew, but he was a carpenter. And back in the day, you know, we have, we have machines to, to saw things, machines that could carry things. He had to do everything by physical labor. You know, we, didn't, we all use an electric drill now. You know, I don't even know if I have a screwdriver at home, but I use the electric drill. And sometimes that thing is heavy and I'm like, oh, I'm tired, you know. But then he, I don't think he even had a screwdriver. You know, what is he going to use? A hammer and nail to nail that wood together, right? And creating boats, creating chairs, creating even houses. That takes a lot of boot strength. It's not just, you know, I'm going to look at it and then tell the other people what to do. And that's a carpenter. Now, the carpenter has lost art now because we have everything so automated. But I want you guys to get the picture in your mind that Jesus not only grew in wisdom, but also grew in strength and size. And I think he had something, he had an idea of what it means to grow, both physically and spiritually. We're going to go a little deeper into that, okay? Step two, fitness 101. All right, we're going to talk about a little bit about working out. You guys knew this was coming. You guys knew. You guys prepared, right? Okay, so to build muscle, you have to tear them. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Doesn't it sound a little counterintuitive? To build muscle, you have to tear it down, okay? So they can actually repair and grow over the torn muscle fibers and therefore increase in size and strength. And I wonder if our spiritual strength increases the same way. Can you go to the gym once a week and expect to get huge? Yes or no? No. Really obvious. Really obvious, right? Why would we expect anything different with our spiritual life? How can we... This is, this is me, guys. I'm preaching to myself back then, right? I used to think, oh, man, I'm going to church once a week, God. What's wrong with you? I, I, I should be growing right now. I should be huge. I should look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I should get, you know, huge, right? Just bulk, right? But that's not how things work, right? And something I want you guys to know is not all muscles are built the same. So you can't just work it out and expect the same results in different areas. Not all muscles are the same. There are different types of muscles some require more work. And this is an actual excerpt from uh, a scientist, right? <laughs> A.K.A. someone who works out, all right? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, cite this, but it's all good. The abs are capable of working for extended periods of time. In fact, your core muscles contract to keep you standing upright all day long. To keep up with these demands, your abs are built on low-intensity, high-endurance muscle fibers that do not grow larger in response to training, but instead grow more efficiently and effectively in response to high reps. 
Whereas other muscles like the chest, biceps, triceps grow in direct response to just training. Okay? This tells us two things. This tells us there are certain areas in our lives that will experience tremendous growth when we spiritually train them. Such as attending church, Emmaus, being discipled, and listening to podcasts. Those things just, you know, you, you grow a lot. You grow quickly from them. And then there's other muscles that don't grow quite as fast. Such as growing in our prayer closet, memorizing verses, having our own QTs, meditating on scripture, and putting them into practice. You guys are all standing pretty up straight. You guys are, you know, you know, you know you're not bent back like, like old harmonies. You know, I'm not trying to like walk like this all day. But, you know, that means, that means we're working. We're actually working. And just like in our spiritual lives, we are working. We are, we, there are things going on in our spiritual growth, in our spiritual uh, health and, and walk that we are doing. I mean, we're not, you know, we, we are pretty, uh, I, I almost said pretty Christian, but like, what, what does that even mean, right? Like, we are Christian, right? I mean, we are, like, there are moral values that we are holding upright in our lives. I wonder, the way that you train them, is it really producing any fruit? The way that you train certain areas of your life needs to reflect the way that they grow. You know? So everyone wants a fit body. I mean, who doesn't? Who, wants, who, who, do, who doesn't want a six-pack? Right? And bolder shoulders if you're a guy. Right? But I wonder, and I want to warn you guys, bad training can be worse than no training. It's not just what you do, but how you do it. So I started going to this new gym in Gangnam. First off, it's, it's hecka expensive. So, uh, I mean, I knew it was going to be good. Because I walked in there, and these guys, the trainers there, they're legit bodybuilders. Legit bodybuilders. Like, they're pictures. They're, they're, like, always going to these competitions. And the moment I walked in there, I'm like, oh, snap. I went to the wrong gym. I want to go to a smaller one where I look bigger, you know. But then, no, no, seriously. What I've been learning from them, just watching them, emulating them, I've learned so much. And God has been speaking measures to me through my spiritual discipline as well, through the same way. By emulating people that know what they're doing, I'm actually growing more. And I wonder if at church we were doing the same thing. If we go to church and look at the pastor, look at our leaders, look at our, our, our campus directors, our staff, and be like, hey, they're doing something that I haven't been doing, or they're doing something a little differently, I wonder if I tweak my way or my workout, will I achieve the same results? Uh, there's this trainer that I got to know, right? I mean, I say I know him. I don't know his name. He knows my name, though. He's like, Joe! You know, Joe! Because he's Korean, right? So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not making a joke about Koreans, but, Joe! Hey, Joe! You know, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And then, you know, I just kind of speak to him in my broken Korean, which is not not going to come out right now, but um, he would just help me. Like, after training somebody, he would, he just, we just talk. So, he, I remember doing bench press one time, and he told me to just change my, change my uh, handle where, where I grab it and change the degree and then change where I actually lower it and, and higher it. And I thought I could do the weight, but then it changed the entire intensity of it. One little, little routine or, or technique changes the whole thing. And this, this goes what I said. Bad training can be worse than no training. If you're doing it wrong, you're actually hurting yourself. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to the gym and saw someone just like completely... Like, they could, they're riding the thing. You're not supposed to ride it. You're supposed to, you're supposed to like, slowly use it, but they're riding the thing. I don't even know what that means, but they're just on it, and they're going faster than they should. You know what I mean? And it's dangerous. It's actually dangerous. And a lot of times in our Christian walk, like, oh, I saw him do that. I'm going to do it. At the same weight, like, I saw this bodybuilder doing squats with, like, it had to be 350 pounds. 
it, it, it was huge. I, it was half, it was double the size that I've ever done, right? It's like thinking, oh, snap, I could do that too. You know, like, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't even lift it off the bars, you know? But in the same way, I wonder in our Christian life, we're like, oh, let's, let's say I, I see Tina doing that. You know, I see Tina prophesying this, doing that. I see Joe doing this, Joe doing that, Rebecca doing this, Rebecca doing that. And you try to do the same thing, but you're not ready for it. So I'm going to teach you how to get ready for it, okay? Step number three. This is actually one of the most important steps. Everyone say breathe. 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 Everyone breathe real real quick. Okay? You have to breathe when you lift. You have to breathe when you lift. And I'm not talking about, Joe, what are you talking about, man? Like, I'm so confused. Are we talking about spiritually or physically? I'm not talking about read a verse and, you know, read a verse. You know, that's not what I'm talking about, y'all. Y'all, you got to, you got to, come on. Come on. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what's up, okay? If you lift and hold your breath, you'll actually pass out. I'm not kidding. It's happened to me. Okay? And, and then, do you know what I, I, this is when I first started working out in high school, and I tried doing squats, right? Squats is a full body workout. You think you're working out your legs, you're working out your whole body, right? I thought, you have to hold your breath, because I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't think about, like, the weight and breathing at the same time. That's too hard. One thing at a time, one thing at a time, right? You know, I did, like, three of them, and I, like, I couldn't feel my legs anymore, and I just, I, I fell back over the bar in high school, and I was like, I'm never working out again. Ever, you know? And it, it scarred me. It, it actually did because I didn't know how to breathe. Trainers will actually tell you the first thing is to breathe. Because most people, when they first start working out, they won't breathe. And you guys are like, what? what? How does this equate to spiritual life? Well, let me tell you. All right? Let me tell you. Everyone, say ruach. Okay, ruach is breath in Hebrew. And what does that mean? It means breath, wind, and spirit. Okay? Listen up. The breath of the Almighty gives life and understanding. The spirit. But it is the spirit in man, the breath of the Almighty, that, take, that makes him understand. Job 32. Job 33. The spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. And when he has said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. John 20. So now, do you guys understand what I mean by breathe? It's the spirit. You need to be breathing the spirit when you're working out. You need to be breathing with the spirit when you're doing anything. Reading the Bible. Have you ever read this and fallen asleep? Or better question, who hasn't? <laughs> right? Well, I wonder, you know, are you asking, asking the spirit, hey, spirit, can you enlighten the words for me? Can you make it alive? Have you ever heard from a preacher the word is alive and active? Have you experienced that? Yeah, some of you, right? What about the ones that haven't? You need to be breathing as you read. You need to be breathing as you do anything. You need to be asking the Spirit continuously and throughout the day. Guys, how often do we breathe? Do we breathe once? Walk around the whole day. Just like, yo, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, how you doing? You know, like maybe once or twice? No, that's not enough, guys. As often as we breathe, I believe, is how often we need to be in communi- communion and com- communication with the Spirit. As often as we breathe, it's key. If you're holding your breath for a little bit, do you know what that causes? Confusion. When you don't understand, you're holding your breath. When you don't understand, you're holding your breath. And I'm not talking about your physical breath. I'm talking about your spiritual breath. You're quenching the spirit when you don't understand. There's confusion in your life. Guess what? Clear indication, you're quenching the spirit. When you don't understand, you panic. And when you panic, fear manifests. 
And what does fear manifest? Death. I almost died in that gym. It hurt. No one, no one was there to catch me, like the altar call people. All right, I hit the, I hit the, the dark, dirty floor, right? But we're gonna move on to our next step, step number four. It's not a conventional step, but I thought I'd put it in there because it's a key step for me, and that's failure. How do you perceive your strengths or your struggles? Sorry. How do you perceive your struggles and your failures? How do you see them? As something to avoid at all costs? As an indication that there's something wrong. Oh, I failed. That means there must be something wrong, right? Or that you'll be happy when you no longer struggle. Or last but not least, as a stepping stone, an opportunity. And that's what I want you guys to come, out, come away with, okay? I'm going to go really quickly through the parable of the talents. I wanna, there's a key underlying concept within these talents, this, this parable that I want you guys to get from, okay? In Matthew 25, I'll go through it real quick. As you know, there's a servant that has five talents that he's given from his master. There's another servant with two talents, another servant with one talent that's given, right? Servants with the five and two talents, this is exactly what happens, okay? Quote, went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. Went at once, that's key. Servant with the one talent didn't even try. He went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Okay? There's a key in there if you guys didn't know. Servants five and two took ownership of what God gave them and put it to work. Servant one hid his master's money. So he didn't even first off take ownership of what he had and he failed to try. I think it's very ambiguous here and it kind of is for a purpose. It says, servants five and two put it to work. Just put it to work. It didn't say what they did. It didn't say they put it into stocks, bonds, this investment, that investment. They put it to work. And when you work, you actually fail sometimes. But you learn from it. But if you fail to try, that's true failure. Okay? God can tolerate you trying and failing. Because even our failures, God works for our goods. For a good. Yeah. But if you fail to try, God cannot tolerate that. In verse 30, do you know what he says? And I thought this was a little harsh. I was like, God, should I share this with everybody? He said, it's in the Bible, right? I didn't write it. <laughs> verse 30. Throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's wrong with that servant? He didn't do anything. Exactly. <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, yeah. Give him, give him, give him. That's right, that's right. Come on. The others tried and failed, but he failed to try. Don't be caught in that. Don't be afraid to fail. I'm going to tell you why. Okay? So try, fail, and learn. There's another step. You can't just try and fail. Okay? Failure actually teaches us more about what we need to do as we move forward. When you turn failure into feedback and feedback into actionable steps, you're actually not failing. You're learning. Too often we want to learn but never want to fail. But if you cannot fail, you cannot learn. Okay? Often getting it wrong helps you get it right. Guys, this is a story of my life. Okay? I failed, I, I, I failed forward. Literally. And that's how I, I grew so much. I learned so much in my life. I failed my way here. You guys think that it's, it's, it took a lot of successes? 
you gotta, we have to redefine what success means. We have to. Success is not just a one-hit wonder with just a, hey, overnight wonder. Actually, there's a lot of work that goes into what we do. Even as staff, we failed our way here. A lot of mistakes, but we learn from it. That's the key. Okay? Next step. Nutrition. Who likes food? That's right. Amen. Come on. PB. Yes. That's right. All right? Ask any fitness instructor, trainer, and they'll tell you that it's about 20% working out and 80% diet. It's what you eat. You are what you eat, literally. I mean, like, when it, when it comes to working out and, and staying fit, it, it literally is. Okay? It's what you eat that matters. You can lift all day long and see no gains if you don't feed your growth. Okay? And uh, spiritually, I'm not talking about just eat now. Like, after this, you know, we're going to go eat. I'm not talking about, like, oh, yes, I'm going to grow spiritually because I'm eating this food. You know? There's a different kind of food that we need to be eating. And what should I eat? Everyone say, what should I eat? Bread. That's right. That's right. Okay? But what's bread? Everyone say, what's bread? Okay, well, bread in the ancient times symbolized all kinds of food. So you're not just stuck with bread now, okay? But it also says in John 6, verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So most of you guys who are Christian already have the bread. You already have it in you. So this point is there to encourage you. You already have what it takes to grow. You don't have to be doing more things on the external. You already have everything you need inside of you. You're a living temple right now. Jesus is inside of you. You have everything that you need to grow. And last but not least, last but not least, what to lift. I've been talking about lifting. I've been talking about growing. But what do we lift? Are you all ready? All right. What do we lift? You guys good? Okay. Everyone say kabod. Kabod. That's what you got to lift. Kabod. Yeah. Kabod is Hebrew, and it means honor. It means honor. So honor in Hebrew means kabod, and kabod means to be heavy, weighty, or burdensome. Does that sound like a weight to you? You know, I don't go into the gym and say, ha ha, a chair, I'm going to lift this guy. You know? You know, I look for the weights. I look for the dumbbells. I look for the, for the, for the heavy stuff. Because that's what's going to challenge me to grow. That's what's going to actually create that tension, create that growth, create the, the tearing of my muscle to actually grow even more. Okay? And wh- why honor? And, you know, I thought about this. I'm like, wait, what? this is so not very intuitive, right? But I want you to honor God. That's lifting. That's spiritual lifting. But how can you honor God if you don't know him? Okay, I have a question. How would you honor your parents? Or maybe, maybe you don't like your parents. Okay. <laughs> uh, how would I honor Tina, our, our campus director? How would I honor her? If she tells me to do this, X, Y, Z, would I not do it? Would that be honoring? No. To honor her, I would listen to her orders. Uh, not orders. Uh, <laughs> commandments. <laughs> I, would or, I, would, I would honor. I would, yeah, her request. What she says. Like when she, uh, when I share with her my life and she says, hey, Joe, I think you should look at this situation this way. Even though my feelings tell me that it's the other way, honoring her would be listening to her. 
okay? And I want to make it more tangible for you. To honor means to put more weight on their words and their authority than yours. To honor them means to lay down your rights, your desires, your feelings, and take theirs as your own. To put more weight on their words than yours. It's going to be pretty difficult, though, to honor God if you don't know his words. But thank, but thank God we have a lot of that right here, right? James 1, verse 22, says, be, But be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I mean, guys, we all want to grow. We all want to do things with our lives. And I want to also encompass struggling, you know. And, and, and the way that I actually got this sermon was through my struggles, was through the things that weren't going right. We're actually from the things that were going wrong. Or in my mind, I thought it was wrong. Man, God, why am I struggling with my finances? Why am I struggling with, with this, with that area of my life? And I, all I wanted was to be like that servant and be like, hey, let's just pray for it to go away. Let's just pray for it to go away. You know? But then what God showed me and, and actually revealed to me was, you prayed to get stronger. You prayed to grow. You asked me for you to grow. You asked me to use you. I'm using you right now. But you have to go through this to grow. It's meant to strengthen you, not weaken you. It's all in our mindset, guys. What the devil means to hurt you, the struggles that you're facing, God means for your good. Now I understand that. Because I'm, I've been looking at the struggle the wrong way. I was actually a little afraid over the retreat. Pastor Sonny and Pastor P.E. almost preached my message on two separate occasions. So... So I was like, oh, dang, I'm struggling right now. I got to, I got to. But then it was confer- confirmation. I was like, oh, dang, it's good. Come on, amen. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Doing something right, right, God? Okay. But I want you guys to think about your struggles. What are you going through that you just want gone? Oh, God, just, just, you know, like I said in the beginning of this sermon, we all want, like, we all think happiness is when we're no longer struggling. You know? Um, I'm like, man, I have a to-do list, right? And this broke me free the other day. I have a to-do list that never ends. And I'm like, God, why does it never end? And then I heard from a sermon, the only time your to-do list never ends is when you're dead. When you're dead, you no longer have a to-do list. When you're dead, you're no longer struggling. There will always be some kind of struggle in your life. We always think that once we reach this threshold, that we'll be happy. That we'll be good. I, I think that's, that's meant to waste our time, guys. The devil already lost. But if you can waste your time... He's slowing you down. Do you know what changed me? My semester that I was here three years ago? Do you know what I got? I literally got furious to the point where if the devil was in like manifest form, I would, I would try to kill him, right? I don't know if you guys ever thought about that. Don't do it. It's kind of scary. I, I had to kind of repent for that. But I was like, the devil's been wasting my time. The devil has taken all these years from me pursuing other things, pursuing other idols, pursuing drugs. Or, or, wait, I, did I do drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Truth comes out, right? Alcohol, girls, right? <laughs> Guys, join the club, come on. Right? <clears throat> Whatever. <laughs> but he's, he's been wasting my time. That's essentially what was going on. In the same way, if we don't perceive our struggles and see them in the right way and use it as a tool for our strength, devil's wasting our time right now. And a lot of you guys here, I don't know... Uh, 
if you guys are here for one semester, guys, be, be encouraged. I'm a one-semester Yonsei student. All it took was one semester for me because I said, I'm tired of this, God. I'm tired of you, devil. I'm tired of what you're doing in my life. I'm going to focus on what God's doing. I said, no holding back. I remember a baptism I had here. I screamed, no holding back, and I meant it. What's holding you back? What's holding you back? The people around you holding you back? The struggles are holding you back? Use it. Use it. For it's your weakness that God's strength is glorified. Your weakness. There's a reason why it says your weakness. We want to get rid of all our weaknesses and appear strong. That's not true strength. That's not true strength. Get it right in your minds, guys. That's not true strength. It's God. When you're weak, that's exactly when you're able to just just rely on him even more and more. I remember I was in my college dorm. College dorm. I was, uh, I drank, right, a lot. And I was really hungover. And, uh, and I remember thinking to myself, God, when does this end? When does this end? Not, not the hangover. <laughs> not the hangover, y'all. But this lifestyle. When does this end? Does it end when I'm 25? Because I was 22 back then. I'm 25 now. Oh, shoot. Next month, I'm 25. Right? God is real. He did end it. Okay? But I was thinking to myself, when does this end? Is it going to end when I'm 25? Or is it going to end now? Is it going to continue this, this drinking, this, this lust? Is that going to continue onto my generation, my kids? Or is it going to end now? Guys, I need you to see your struggle as not your struggle, but your future, your, your, your kids. If you kill it, if you end it now, if you use your struggle and overcome it now, your kids, that's your inheritance. That's what you give them. Not money. Money can create, create bondage in them. But your character, the way you worship God in front of your children, that ministers to them. The way that you use your, your struggles, they'll learn from that. If you hide from it in front of your kids, they'll hide from theirs. So if you want to to end it now and grow stronger. Do what it takes to do everything that you can now. Do it now. What are you waiting for? And there's one more point I want to go through. And this is a very practical point that helped me to get to where I'm at. Help others to grow. And this is twofold. Help others to grow goes two ways. I'm going to help others. I'm going to help Josiah to grow. But then I'm going to help Josiah to grow. One more time. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, y'all, come on, get ready. Help others to grow. I'm going to help. <laughs> Can't really see y'all. David, to grow. I'm going to help him to grow. But I'm going to also help him to grow. In whatever you do, build others up with your words and actions. By building others up, you're actually building yourself up. Someone once asked me, you'll get it tomorrow, don't worry. <clears throat> Someone once asked me, why do you do what you do? doing, like Emmaus. Why, why are you here in Korea? 
I was like, well, I asked myself this one question after I graduated. I was like, what do I want right now? What, what can I do right now? And I said, I want to grow, God. Put me in a place where I'm going to grow. And I chose New, New Philly. I chose Korea. I chose Seoul. Over all my engineering jobs, offers that I could have gotten in Boston or in California, I chose I wanted to grow. And I chose a, a hard place. It's not that easy here, guys. It, it really isn't. I'm getting paid a fraction of what I could be getting paid. But I know I'm growing way more than I ever could back there. Okay? Someone asked, once asked me that. Why? And I said, well, the most, I'm actually being very selfish. The most selfish thing you could do is to build up and serve others. Because as you do so, you're growing yourself. It's very indirect, yet very direct. Okay? When your prayers shift from me to we, you know you're maturing. So check yourself. What have your prayers been like? Is it all about me, 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 or others? Because when you actually pray for others, when you bless others, you grow the most. We're trying to pray for ourselves all the time. God, help me. Do this in me. Me, 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 me. I sound like one of my, my elementary school kids. You know, me, me, my turn, right? Everyone, close your eyes real quick. We're going we're gonna to do a quick... Activity. It's not an altar call yet. Okay? Pick five of your happiest friends. If you have them, just, just put your hand in the air. I don't know. Right? Five of your happiest friends. And ask them, ask them or ask yourself this one question. Are they self-centered or other-centered? Are they self-centered or other-centered? Are they trying to take, take, take or give, give, give? In my life, all my happiest friends, they're always giving. Always giving. And I wonder if being happy is not a byproduct of trying to pursue our own goals, but a byproduct of helping others. You guys can close your eyes. And I know... Uh, I have a lot of points up here. I know that I had a lot of stories to tell and everything. But I want you guys to grow. That is, that is my desire for you. As I've grown, I've learned that it's not the easiest way. And I don't know if for some of you guys too, you guys are very hungry. I can see it in your eye. I can see it. it just, it's just overflow of hunger in you guys. You guys, some, you guys are confused. A lot of you guys are confused too. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. How can I grow? That, that was my, my biggest cry. How can I grow when I was a student? But God, just give me the one, two, three steps. But guys, that's not what it's about. And I'm learning this the hard way. But guys, I want you guys to receive prayer as well. Because prayer was a key component to my growth. You could do it at home too. But why not receive it from people that have been growing? That are maturing. When I was a student, I said, do whatever it takes. And God took me up on that offer. It's a very scary prayer to pray. I had to be very vulnerable. I had to really die to myself. Kill my ego. Kill my pride. Kill everything within me that says, no, don't share that. Don't share your past. Don't share your hurts. Don't share those things. Don't share your struggles. But God said, no. That's the way you're going to grow. You're going to overcome it by going through it not around it. So guys, if you want to grow, there's a grace for growth. I just feel like that's, I mean, even in the 
the retreat that was there. It's a grace for growth, to tap into that grace, to perceive things the way that God wants them to. A mindset to perceive situations, challenges, struggles as stepping stones for maturity and growth instead of just challenges alone. A grace to make decisions that are going to cost you something now to get to where you want to be. Guys, growth costs something. It costs a lot. But are you willing to pay that price now to get to where you want to be? To get to where you're going to be? Are you willing to pay that cost now at your age, where you are? And guys, we say grace because, you know, grace used to be a very foreign thing to me. But grace, do you know what that is? It's receiving what you do not deserve. Mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. And God gave us both. He gave us mercy. He said, We're not gonna, I'm not going to condemn you to hell. But I'm going to give you this grace, something that you didn't deserve, my son. So, Steph, can I have you guys come up on the stage real quick?